today we'll talk about Florida maybe becoming DBU again, Florida being on Arch Manning's list, and some top Florida Gators defensive players that could hit NFL free agency very shortly, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson. Twitter's WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports. And I'm going to get into it because this is going to be a little fun. Uh, today's first topic is getting brought up because it was asked yesterday in the YouTube comments. And I was like, I know other people have been thinking about it, too, because I mentioned it, too, when Corey Raymond got hired. Can Florida become DBU again? The answer? Yes. Um, Florida, of course, used to be DBU because you look at guys that were longtime Gators turned or that were NFL, a long line of Gators players that turned into NFL players. And you've got Joe Hayden. You've got Reggie Nelson. You've got Major Wright. You've got Ahmad Black, Vernon Hargraves, Matt Elam, Keanu Neal, just so many more. Sorry, that's off the top of my head. And that's kind of recency bias. Like I didn't even mention that CJ Henderson was an early pick. Uh, Marco Wilson got drafted just last year. Sean Davis last year. Just guys that go from the Gators to the NFL. And granted, they don't always work out in the NFL. Like, like I named Matt Elam. Matt Elam certainly didn't work out. He was one of the worst Ravens picks of the past multiple decades at this point but hey gators turn draft picks and i'll stick by my case that in football in most situations or in most cases it depends on your situation more than your individual talent as to whether or not you will be successful and i know some people disagree with that but we've seen so many guys were like he's so good but he's in a crappy system and he doesn't play well because of it and whatever whatever that's that's not my point but florida has gone through a little bit of a rough patch you know we've had only one or two guys drafted in recent history. You know, Marco Wilson, I know a lot of people were low on him going into the draft. And I know that a lot of people are still dunking on him for the shoe thing. And this his rookie year wasn't stellar. But guess what? He was a day three pick in the NFL draft that was starting day one and played significant snaps this season against top flight NFL players. So I don't care. He, he he was a starter this year for the Cardinals. I don't care if things got a little rough for him. He he played better than expected, I'd say. You can look at C.J. Henderson, who hasn't lived up to the hype yet. You know, it was a first-round pick with the Jaguars and then got traded for a tight end and a day three pick, if I'm not mistaken, to the Carolina Panthers and didn't really play much. It was like, well, he, he hasn't worked out yet so far. I think he will eventually. I love Phil Snow, and I love the defense that they run there, and there's so much talent in that DB room that he might not play a ton right now, but I think he's going to develop and get better as we go on. And, you know, even in a couple months, we're going to see Kyrie Elam get drafted from the Florida Gators. We could have had Trey Dean, but he came back to school. So there's going to be a lot of guys that could help Florida um, re-cement their status as DBU when they get to the NFL. But even looking, you know, Further down the line, we, we look further down the line, Florida brought in Corey Raymond to be the cornerbacks coach. And I mean, Patrick Tony is the co-defensive coordinator and the safeties coach, but Corey Raymond is like, it's like the key piece here when we talk about DBU, because 
he's known as a phenomenal developer of talent at defensive back. And I'm sure safeties are going to work with him as well. He might be listed as cornerbacks coach, but given that Patrick Tony's kind of have going to have to rotate a little bit, I'm sure Corey Raymond is going to take the safeties every now and then, and they're going to get better in coverage because of it. And like, he's also one heck of a recruiter. And I mean, we know he can get guys from college to the NFL. That's something that he did a ton of at LSU and he's going to continue doing it in Florida, especially bringing in more Florida athletes. It's going to be awesome. And like you could look at the Gators roster right now and the DBs that are on roster. There is so much NFL talent in this secondary. I know Trey Dean, someone who a lot of people are like, oh, he's not good. He is. I don't care what you say. Trey Dean, Rashad Torrance is second, Jason Marshall, Avery Helm, Donovan McMillan, uh, Kamari Wilson, Jaden Perkins, Jaden Hill, or Jadarius Perkins, Jaden Hill, all these guys. There's so many NFL players in this secondary right now that there's there's so much talent that's going to come from Gainesville and go to the NFL that I think give it give it four years. I'll say give it four years. And I think that Florida will unequivocally, unequivocally be back as you know, DBU wide, like unanimously. I think that will be there easily. And then that's not even to mention that Florida are early big time players for 2023 DBs that could be just, just phenomenal college players and phenomenal pros. You look at guys like Cormani McLean, who everybody wants. And then uh, Tony Mitchell, who everybody wants. And they're both guys where, Sure. I mean, everything also is a toss up, by the way, like it's not complete guarantee, but I I think Florida is going to give guys the best uh, chance and put guys in the best position to succeed long term and find NFL success. So I I think when recruiting, it's going to be very easy, especially when you look at guys like Corey Raymond and that uh, that the current Gator staff. They're trying to bring in the alumni a little bit to help them with recruiting. Like you look at the defensive line. Sharif Floyd's been around the program for a while now. And it's going to help get DB get D linemen to come to Gainesville. And Corey Rim being here, you know, Joe Hayden's gonna swing by. Reggie Nelson, Major Wright, Ahmad Black, they they swing by every now and then. They're gonna be here. Uh Matt Elam last year at the Pro Day was here and he was working out and he was doing he was like, oh, I want to go back to the NFL. So he was working out, but it's still, you know, a former NFL defensive back, a former first round pick hanging out with his secondary and and you know, giving them tips and clues. And and Florida, I think when you look at past dbs honestly might be the best spot where it's like yeah we have some past guys coming in they're, they're gonna talk you up you know uh vernon hargos the third is probably gonna have a lot of free time coming up his contract's expiring and um given what he did in the super bowl i don't i don't know how quickly teams are going to be lining up to sign him but i mean it also helps where you look at schools like lsu and ohio state which are the main two schools that everybody's like oh those are dbu lsu lost their main bargaining chip as dbu with Corey Raymond, he's now in Gainesville. And then you look at Columbus, Ohio, and you look at the Ohio State Buckeyes, and you say, they've had a little bit of turnover and a little bit of a shakeup on their defensive coaching staff. Can they still produce defensive back talent? And you look at what their defensive backs were last year. They were young, but they were bad, and they were pretty consistently bad. And it's like, well, now you've changed the defensive staff. Is that going to help them? And I don't know. It's, it's a bit of a who knows kind of thing. But with Florida, we've got a proven coach with Corey Raymond. We've got great recruiters. And I, I can see this going nowhere but up with this coaching staff. Just full confidence. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I didn't. Um, 
Saturday I did. Sunday I really didn't. I told you guys Super Bowl just demolished my pockets. Just just killed me. And Florida losing a whole lot, threw a whole lot of wrenches into my plan. But I, hey, I hit the under. I told you. I said Florida, Texas AM. I don't care what the under is. I'm taking it. I got it a 131 and a half, I believe it was. And it was an easy hit for me, so that's fine. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action with award shows too, TV shows, reality TV, with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up. I know I prefer using my mobile device right here, baby. Um, BetOnline.net, it's where the game starts. Next, we're going to talk about a little bit of a, I mean, at the time of this listening happened yesterday, but uh, Arch Manning has included Florida in his top six. And that is dope because that's, sheesh, like that's big. He's the number one overall prospect in the 20 or number one overall recruit in the 2023 class. He's obviously at that point, the number one quarterback in the class and Arch Manning currently holds a .9999 rating on 24-7. And if you don't know what that means, well, the highest you could possibly go. I don't think there's ever been a 1.0. I don't think that's ever been a thing. Um, but that would make Arch Manning tied for the number one ranked recruit in Florida football history, tying him with Ronald Powell. But that would make Arch Manning number one in Florida history. Like that, or tied him with number one in Florida history because Ronald Powell also has 0.9999. So that was insane. That could be insane. But, you know, the list was previously just Alabama, Georgia, Ole Miss, and Texas. But yesterday, it was his dad that said Florida and LSU have been added to the list. Like they're in the runnings. And, and this is a kid where he can go wherever he wants. And I, I, think that when we look at Arch Manning coming to Florida, a lot of it depends on what's going to happen with Anthony Richardson. Um, because Anthony Richardson is someone that we know his ceiling is insane. So during the 2023-2024 season, if he's still in Gainesville, he's probably going to be the starter. And Arch Manning, I don't, I don't know if Arch Manning is going to want to sit for a year because he is, and I, I, I don't want to like... Um, I, I don't want to overhype him, but he's one of the cleanest high school recruits I've ever seen. That 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 shouldn't shock anyone, which I'll get to in a second. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think when you look at it, it depends a lot on Anthony Richardson. So I don't think we get a commitment from Arch Manning until if Florida gets a commitment, it won't be until National Signing Day ish. And I think Arch Manning in general just won't commit until around National Signing Day because a lot of the places that he's looking at have high caliber recruits there. You know, Texas has. Quinn Ewers, um, LSU has their guys where they've, they've got five stars in there and Bama's got Bama players. So they've got five stars. Georgia probably will. Ole Miss probably will. So it, it, it you're looking at a lot of schools that have high ranking recruits, but a lot of it also comes down to does Arch Manning want to play right away? Because that is going to be a key piece. And I think Florida might be one of the best spots for that because I don't know if, if Anthony Richardson starts this year, I, I think he'll have a good enough year to go pro after this because I think that like, I, I think he's someone who just based on his physical tools he's gonna get drafted high. So I think Anthony Richardson, if he go, if he does to start this year, he might go pro next year. I think 
if he doesn't start this year, I think he might be, I think he's a transfer risk. So that, that, that comes into play too, where who's going to be on this roster. Cause we know that Billy, uh, Billy Napier visited Isidore Newman, which is Arch Manning's high school. And he was there in January to talk to the coaching staff about Arch and about teammates that were also there. And I mean, you look at Arch Manning and if you, if you haven't watched him play yet, just, just go on YouTube and find it. Like it's, it's, it's great to see, but he's a Manning. Like, like we know he's as fundamentally sound as you could possibly be for a high school player. And he's way more fundamentally sound than most college kids at this point too. Like he, he's, like I said, he's a Manning. He's got a, a grandfather that was a first round pick for the Saints. Who, by the way, at this point is the last time the Saints drafted a quarterback in the first round was Archie Manning. Uh, and then he's got his uncles are Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. Both one's in the Hall of Fame, one will be a Hall of Famer. Don't don't care your opinion on it because I don't I don't care about the opinion. I just know it doesn't matter because he's going to be there eventually somehow. So yeah, he's he's got. His dad was the last Saints first round quarterback and he had an NFL career going. And then he's got Eli and Peyton. Obviously, obviously he's going to be fundamentally sound and he clearly seems or prefers to operate from the pocket, but he's also got more athleticism than any other man that we've seen play pro ball where it's like, okay, like it's weird to watch, watch a Manning name, like, consistently be able to pick up yardage on the ground because we saw Peyton and Eli do it very sporadically. Uh, but Arch Manning can do it kind, kind of uh, kind of consistently. And it's like, well, that, that's a whole new wrinkle here that you can add to an offense with a Manning mind. And it also just means so much because like, I'm not going to pencil him in as a Florida Gator. I'm not going to pencil him in as a first round pick, which he probably will be off name alone, even if he's not amazing. But I also can't even begin to I can't begin to stress how much Arch Manning would mean to any program, especially if it comes to Florida, because his name alone would do just wonders for Florida in terms of recruiting and team success overall. Like, like so I mean he's just if you got the number one recruit in any class, the number one recruit in any class is insane and it's going to help you overall recruiting wise. But you get the number one recruit in the class. He's the number one quarterback. He's a Manning. He he's gonna bring other high caliber recruits with him. Like I'm not talking about bringing in a, a 2022 Texas A&M class, but a a damn good class at that. But he could bring in other receivers with him. He's gonna bring in offensive linemen with him. People are going to want to play with Arch Manning in college. So. I think where he goes will often, well, not oftentimes, but will kind of determine where some other high-ranking recruits are going to go and whether they're five-star, four-star, three-star, I don't care. If you could play, you could play. Archie Manning, or Arch Manning, adding Florida to his top six is huge news. And honestly, look, I I am at this point with the uh, coaching staff right now where I'm like, it would not shock me no matter who they bring in. Um... I think they do a phenomenal job recruiting players and um, building talent and bringing them in. So I'm very excited to see that. And it's also like, not to mention, if Arch Manning does come to Florida, like I said, he'll probably end up being a first-round pick no matter what. But if Arch Manning does come to Florida and he is a first-round pick, 
that is just another piece that Florida can use as a recruitment tool. That, that, that instantly puts Florida in play for any quarterback they want in the near future. Because, yes, there will be media and other schools be like, look, he's Arch Manning and he's going in the first round no matter what. But Florida still gets to go, well, guess what? He chose to come to Florida, and he became a first-round pick at Florida. So I, I, I think Arch Manning – I like. Look, we heard about this a few days ago. We, we were there were rumors going about about Arch Manning maybe adding Florida to his list, and now it's here, and that is just in, incredible because it, it's just not something we're used to with quarterbacks. Hopefully, the fans won't boo this one away. But uh, Arch Manning possibly coming to Florida is huge news, and I think everyone's got to be just absolutely over the moon with the possibility of this kid coming to Gainesville. Next, we're going to talk about some Florida Gators defensive players that could be an NFL free agency this year and, uh, or I mean, will be at this point with Dante Fowler Jr., who, uh, while recording this, I got a notification that he was released from the Atlanta Falcons a little early. And uh, he got, he got released early as kind of just an early out, like a, like out you go kind of thing from the Falcons because, uh, Dante Veller Jr. While he did sign a three year, $45 million contract with the Falcons. Uh, he restructured that contract in August of 2021 and that voided his 2022 season. So he was leaving the Falcons or he was not going to be a, a, contracted Falcon. He could have gone back if he wanted to, or if they wanted him, but yes, he, he he's entering free agency no matter what. It's just the Falcons were like, okay, you get to go a little early. Uh, seven and a half sacks in two years with the Falcons is very bad. Um, but you look at Dante Fowler and, and how he initially rejuvenated his career was going to the Rams on a, on a pretty cheap deal and, and making himself a hot commodity. And, and then, leaving and getting another payday with the Falcons here. I, I, I want to say that I like, I wouldn't be surprised if he just went for a payday here, if it were available, but I don't think it will be. So I think we see Dante Fowler just do that again. I'm not saying he's going to go to the Rams, but he, I could see him go to a competitor again, maybe have a big year and, and try to get another payday. You know, like I could see him going, we could see him go to the chiefs. The Chiefs are always looking for pass rush. They've got older pass rushers now with guys like Melvin Ingram. So we could see him go to the Chiefs and, ju- and just come in, go to a competitor for a year, figure, hey, every good pl- every every starter on a Super Bowl team has demand if they've got an expiring contract. So Dante Fowler Jr., if, if he goes to a team like the Chiefs on a cheap deal, which they're going to be looking for, he can step in right away, be a valued pass rusher for a team that's going to put up a lot of points and force the opponents to throw the ball a lot. And he can get himself another payday. Next up is Joe Hayden, who, look, 2021 was just the third time in his career that he had zero interceptions in a season. He's 32 years old. He's been in the NFL for a while. He's a former All-Pro. He's a former three-time Pro Bowler, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm very interested to see what happens with Joe Hayden because I spoke about this a couple of times now where... I'm interested to see what he does because he's someone that I've talked about as a player where or maybe he moves to safety full time. Like I, I could easily see him taking on the, uh, the the career path or trajectory, whatever, 
of Charles Woodson, who was with the Packers and the Raiders. He played corner and safety and moved around a bit. And I could easily, I could easily see Joe Hayden take that role and kind of move there because oftentimes when a corner loses a step, when they lose a little bit of athleticism, a lot of people are like, oh, just move him to safety. Like, the, like they'll be a great safety. And it's not that simple because the responsibilities are in fact different in most defensive schemes. Um, so you look at a guy like Joe Hayden though, and he lost a little bit of a step about with his athleticism. His technique is still pretty clean. Um, but it feels also like he's gotten more physical as he's gotten older. Like, like he's just got like grown man dad strength now and he's just like going at it. And it's like one of those things where I could see him making the move. Like it's it's not like Revis, where I was like, I don't think he's gonna go to safety. Like I didn't think Revis would go to safety. He didn't seem like the type that would do that. Uh, but Joe Hayden, I could see him do it. Like he clearly wants to continue playing. Like he still plays with fire. So I could see him moving the safety, wanting to play there, maybe playing a little more deep safety, play in the box, move around a little bit more. And he would give a defense a ton of versatility. So I, I could see Joe Hayden, whether he stays in Pittsburgh, whether he goes somewhere else, I could see him easily making the move to safety, but I could also see him going somewhere that wants to keep him at corner. But I think for him, a move to safety would actually help his career. And so I, I would not mind seeing him do that. Um, regardless, I'm interested to see what happens. Speaking of safeties and Gators, uh, Marcus May is the third player to talk about here. And this one sucks, uh, if we're going to be completely honest. because And this one really, like, it bothers me a lot because I hate the franchise tag. I think it's an awful thing. Like, it's great. Like, you get paid for a little bit. But then Marcus May can happen. Like, like that's something that happened to Marcus May and Chris Godwin, too. Like, they both signed on the franchise tag and they both got injured with season ending injuries. And that sucks because I mean, Chris Godwin, especially just recently got injured and he's going to enter free agency, maybe get tagged again, but I doubt it at this point um, where now that's a big question. And Marcus may, he's another case of a player that wants to get his worth. So he doesn't resign during the year, doesn't get his worth gets hit with the franchise tag and then gets a season ending injury that is likely going to hurt his value when it comes time for him to negotiate a contract, whether it be with the jets or anybody else where it's like, well, guess what? Now you're screwed for a year. You got to take another one year deal in which you might get hurt again with another season ending injury. And you might, you know, like your career could end at that point if people are just like, well, he signed two one-year deals and both of them, he got hurt for the season. So we don't want him anymore. He had 46 tackles, a sack, two tackles for a loss before getting injured. I still think that he's got a great role as a box safety. We saw him play deep safety a little bit with the Jets. I, I prefer that he didn't play that role. I don't think that's a strong suit, especially with someone with his, uh, his tenacity. I would love to see him play more box safety, but he's someone who... With a season-ending injury, he's probably gonna have to take a cheaper deal and and just hope that he stays healthy and hope that he's in his that he's in a situation where he can perform well and get a payday because Marcus May never really got one and he was already an older prospect when he got drafted from the Jets so or by the Jets so we'll we'll see what happens with that but it's not looking super great. Alex Anzalone is another one where it's like. Do I have to go in depth here? I think you guys would know. Like, if you listen to the show, you know I love Alex Anzalone. Not great against the run, but he's phenomenal in pass coverage. And if you listen to the show or if you follow me on Twitter, you would know that in the first couple of weeks of the season, Alex Anzalone was on pace to give up over a thousand yards or about a thousand yards in the season. But from week five until the end of the season, 
he gave up less than 150 receiving yards. Once Jamie Collins left the Detroit Lions, Alec Anzalone cleaned up better than anybody could have imagined. And that, that was just phenomenal <laughs> improvement if we're going to be just, just straight up about it. Um, I, I think he goes back to Detroit. I think he liked being in that scheme, being that system, and I think they like him there. So, but he is an impending free agent. All these guys are impending free agents. Could go back to their original spots, except Dante Fowler Jr. And we'll see what does happen with them. But uh, and don't as we get closer to free agency, we're gonna go really in depth on a lot of these guys. Like I'll I'll talk player scheme fit, team fit, um, contract wise where they could go. We're gonna go very in depth on Florida Gators free agency this year. I can't wait for it. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Florida Gators. Tomorrow's time to talk baseball and softball. So we're going to get into that. For Lockdown Gators, I am Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. And I will see you all tomorrow.